esports has evolved from its humble beginnings. It's become an enormous industry with hundreds of thousands of young people dreaming of reaching the top. And just like any other traditional sport, to reach the top, you have to optimize your performance. Taking care of your physical and mental health is one of the components to achieve this. At Flytro, we're developing our app to assist players in realizing their potential to become the best player they can be. And thank you for joining me on the Flight Road podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Pass, man. I mean, I, I'm popping up all over the place at the moment, um, which is obviously a good thing for me. And um, no, I, I appreciate this invite, especially because it's, it's speaking on something that I never really get to speak on as a rule, to be honest with you. Yeah, good. And uh, yeah, you are currently the editor at Esports Insider. Yeah, I'm the editor. Yeah, so I, I head up all the editorial stuff for the uh, for the company. Uh, there's a lot more going on, but that's my that's my kind of role. And tell us a little bit about um, the work that you do at Esports Insider. What's Esports Insider? Okay, well, about? we're the leading um, business and industry publication in esports. So so we cover the the entire business side. So deals, investments, uh, sponsorships um and, and commercial rights media rights being sold um interviews with people you want somebody get to speak to so say for example like esl's just partnered with gunner optics like as we're recording this like covering that for example which kind of leans into what we're discussing here in a sense um but yes yeah, so, so staying on top of the the business side of esports which i think is severely undervalued um because it is it's where all the money's generated you know and having a better understanding of that is is good for the industry in general yeah and it gives it gives players and the wider public um a, a, an insight and a perspective on what's happening from a commercial perspective within the industry 100%, as well. it's just the fans don't seem to give a shit it's, i found that the people who really care about esports insider and the content or the content that we we cover are um, people who work in the industry behind the scenes, so people in organizations and teams and such, and then um, like marketing managers outside of esports that are looking at esports as a way of potentially marketing. So they, they want to get a handle on on what the industry is like and, and how people typically activate. Yeah. And have you seen a growth or an interest in health and wellness products in in terms of products, it's, it's difficult, but there's, there's a lot of um, companies that focus on health, wellness, and performance coming into eSports as of late. So like Garmin, for example, entered eSports um, in February uh, with the Polish organization XCOM Argo. And then there's a bunch of health insurance companies, actually, which is quite interesting. That's been happening predominantly in the uh, League of Legends scene, like in Europe. Um, but there's a lot of like gyms and performance centers getting involved with teams at the moment. Yeah. Do you see a an opportunity for health uh, and wellness companies moving forward into esports? Do you think it's something that will be received well by uh, the professional community? So your your, your bigger teams, uh, like your fanatics, your G twos, uh, Team Liquids, and such. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's only going to become more popular, and, and rightfully so. It should be commonplace as it is right now. Uh, we're trying to get esports to be considered a sport everywhere. I think that's kind of a silly fight, but it is what it is. So uh, as we're trying to prof- like professionalize the scene, like 
basically you've got to consider the fact that the players are the, are the products. So ensuring that the the players are playing for as long as possible on the top of their game for, for as, as long as they can be is incredibly important for a team. So say if, if you're Fnatic and you've just signed a star for five years, you want them to be great for those five years. So you can either sell them at year three or four or whatever for a good price and not lose loads of money. Or, or you've got them for the entire entire span and they're not going to retire after year two. Yeah, you, you know, it's it's incredibly important. And if they're investing so much money in, in the content side and like hiring executives to run the business, then um the, the biggest investment they can make, in my opinion, is in their players. Yeah, definitely. And I guess it's about in you know, increasing the lifespan of that player and maximizing their performance throughout their career for as long as possible. And it's in the player's best interest as well, right? Just like traditional sports, you know, footballers are trying to prolong their careers uh, however they can and health and wellness outside of their regular training regimes with the clubs is is probably one of the best approaches when you look at how old uh, Ronaldo is getting now and the level that he's still continuing to play at just shows that having the right mentality and uh, and the discipline to uh, look after your health can prolong your career. And I think that that translates well over to esports, you know, keeping your mind sharp, your reactions quick, keeping all that mental cloud, you know, at bay, uh, looking after your sleep and wellness in general is going to definitely have benefits to, to prolonging that, that career. Oh, 100%. Imagine being one of the players that's earning a million dollars a year right now, right, in League of Legends in the LCS. And and then think, okay, the, the team I'm playing for that's paying me really generously is also spending like three or four grand a month to make sure that I'm in shape. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna take everything they're gonna offer me on that front. You're you're saying you're gonna make my gameplay better, you're gonna make me better as a person, you're gonna make me feel happier and fitter and, and healthier, and and you'll ultimately set me up for a, a longer uh, career. Like hundred percent sign me up for it. So I, I can't imagine there's gonna be many players um that are gonna be really reluctant to it. I mean the whole exercise aspect of things may be off putting at, at at the start because we're all used to just ten hour binges of gaming, especially like when you're practicing uh, as an amateur player, you know? Yeah. So yeah. So I, I think I think at first there might be a bit of reluctance, but when they when they realize that it's it's having an impact and they're not having to pay for a thing, they just have to show up and do what what they're told to do. Like, I feel like that that's that's amazing for players and it's great that we're, we're at the point now where that's happening. Yeah, definitely. And I think in terms of Counter-Strike and Dota, the introduction of sports psychologists really um, gave a lot of momentum to that that trend of, of player well-being. When that happened, we look at the likes of, of Astralis who brought in Mia Stelberg uh, they brought her in and, and then they we've seen a dominant period over the last few years, uh, you know, mainly by Astralis, who just seemed like a, an infinitely different team to where they began. Of course. And, and now, so obviously, is Astralis Group, which is the ownership um, company behind Astralis, which also owns Origin and Future FC. And they've got their own performance model. Um, and just as, as a kind of testament to how, how important Astralis Group finds the performance of the players, that they've brought in a sixth player, right? Or they're going to from like June 1st or July 1st, like so they can rotate people out and, and give people, uh, g- give their players breaks when needed. And um, they, they were turning down events. Um, some say it's because of the, the blast conflict of interest. That could be true, uh, but they were always citing it as the player's health. So even if that's bullshit and it wasn't because of that, it shows that they understand that um, health can, or it can take a toll on, on health when you're competing and traveling across the world for say two thirds of your year like yeah what what you see at 
uh, Strollis Group, as you say, hiring the psychologists and and having like mandatory boot camps where fitness is tracked and such, as well as um, the willingness to bring in a sixth player, which is going to cost more money. Um, I, I think I think that's great, and it's a testament to how they're running their organization, and I think they're leading in many ways on that front. Yeah, I mean, from a commercial perspective, you're in, you're essentially increasing your budget by another twenty percent, aren't you, to bring in a, a sixth player? And everything that they've done to date, despite whatever the the speculation is around the Blast Pro series, uh, a lot of what they've done certainly indicates that they take player wellness uh, very seriously there, and and it yielded results. So it's interesting, you know, as soon as a seem to sort of try and test and reap the rewards of of bringing sports psychology uh, an element of sports psychology into their game it looks like other teams have have started to follow suit as well and i know that there are league of legends teams that have their own uh, chefs and they're monitoring the the inta- you know the calorie intake and all the all the numbers around the um food and things like that so I like the way that the industry is evolving and, and hopefully that concept of wellness is received well by the casual and competitive players outside of those sort of tier one to four teams. No, I, I agree. And I, actually, just, just a quick aside while I remember, I, I visited, so you know, Kingwin, right? Um, they, they now operate the um, the Team Devils 1, but they were sponsor of G2 for a long while, massive games marketplace. I visited their esports performance center last year, so just while I remember quickly. Uh, and stay there overnight and they had a dedicated chef cooking up all sorts and and like og was staying there at the time so i i believe this was before they they won um the international nine and yeah so i ended up sitting down with with no tail and such in their dedicated cafe area just after he'd been working out and then they had individual training rooms and they had other rooms where you could get away from the screens for a bit and, and talk about performance with whiteboards and everything like that you know so it was really interesting seeing that because not only is it like was it the base for Kinguin and and Devils One, it was also a place for teams to stay. So say if you are going to be playing at IAM Katowice, for example, you could go go to Poland uh, in Warsaw um, like a week early, get get used to the time zone, get over jet lag, and and really practice things through without travel being in the way. And that that was uh, one of the first instances I really heard of that because obviously hotels seem to be the place to stay as a rule. But um, what King Gwyn EPC had set up over there, uh, well, sorry, what King Gwyn had set up at the EPC was insane. And uh, I believe they're opening one up in London. Um, so when when the UK gets more um, esports activity in that sense, it, that'll be used. And, and I think that'll be commonplace at a certain point, like almost esports hotels where they have everything needed for performance and gameplay, you know? And, and and sorry to cut in randomly with that, but it's just while I remembered because I, I it's, it's, some, it's, un, it's unheard of as a rule. And getting to witness that firsthand, like I what I walked in, they took uh, like literally took my jacket and my bag off off me, and they said, "Right, let's go to the let's go to the kitchen, and the chef will um make you whatever you want, as long as it's healthy." I was like, "Oh wow, okay, that like that that's insane," and I I hope I hope that becomes uh, more commonplace. Yeah, yeah, free food and made by a chef yeah, yeah. To, to to order is is not something I'm going to be turning down if it's ever offered to me. For real, I I need to message him again and see if the. <laughs> do you have, again, to be do you have you. the recipe for the uh for that esports nutrition meal you made me in it yeah well did you see kfc released what they call the esports performance burger <laughs> is this it, a th- this is not a thing it was a market it was a marketing play i could tell you when it came out as well um it was in february 
So it's just as Flashpoint was being announced, I remember. And um, yeah, it's called the KFC Esports Performance Burger, but it's just it was a vegan burger, a new one that they had launched. And um, they were using esports as a way of marketing it, saying it's for performance and makes you a great gamer and stuff. <laughs> so that's kind of an on-the-nose performance kind of joke um, from obviously uh, an, an international uh, restaurant chain, which is insane. When yeah. you really think about it, you kind of get used to all the commonplace things that happen in esports now. But like that within itself is insane. Them launching a whole campaign around performance in esports through a burger. Yeah, and it just shows you that the the knowledge of what esports is, you know, transcends, you know, your everyday gamer. People mm-hmm. who've grown up gaming, their parents know about it. Their friends probably know about it. It's uh, it's becoming a, a household term nowadays, uh, certainly in in countries outside of the UK. But even in the UK, it's it's gaining a lot more traction. We get there because BBC just runs um, shit posts against against the industry, unless unless a team wins like a million dollars at uh, the Fortnite World Cup, and then suddenly they're on Radio One the next day, and everyone's saying gaming is great. It's uh, certainly a, a very weird case in the UK, but I don't want to digress too much. A confused narrative, isn't it? Um, oh, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You see the WHO saying like gaming addiction disorder or whatever it was, and now, now they're saying gaming is good for lockdown. And they retracted like, okay, which one is it? Yeah, I remember all of this. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's like, and anything done in, in excess is unhealthy. Absolutely. And, and that's partly what we're getting at with Flytro, right? Is we're trying to communicate the message that gaming is not unhealthy, but some of our habits and approaches to gaming are unhealthy. Yes. If you're eating three bags of Doritos and two bags of Minstrels and not getting off your chair in a 10 or 12 hour session of gaming, then yes, that is unhealthy. And you should look at that. Absolutely. Or if, if you're getting irrationally angry, at a game which we've all even done competitive in yeah I, i'd still do it to this day mate then you've got a problem yeah it's cool being invested but like some people get way too into it and even at like uh, i can't even call them amateurs but even at a casual level you know so imagine what it's like when you, your job dictates you have to do this like eight to ten hours a day yeah like it's, it's it's crazy so it's a good job we've got we've got um gyms getting involved and and people specifically brought on for performance or else no wonder that the the age of retirement in esports is so low. Yeah, and you know the the industry doesn't really cater. I've always thought this that it doesn't cater well for the lifespan of a, of a player. You consider Alex from Team Vitality recently stepped back due to the insane demands that are put on the players uh throughout the year the traveling ironically with the coronavirus now uh he probably could have remained at that team and had all his prayers answered for playing but uh you know regardless of that the different time zones that these players have to play in the travel the flying you know anyone who's been through an airport or been on holiday knows that as as fun as it can be it's also quite a stressful experience you know, I'm always one of those people who's constantly going, which pocket's my passport in? It's an unreal expectation, realistically. And I think I think Alex cited like 34 weeks out of 52 they were traveling. Yeah. Or something like insane like that in the past calendar year as to why he was just like, yeah, I'm out. I can't, I can't do this. It's, it's not good. 
and it's you know traveling means flying there and back so we're talking what 68 flights in a year different time zones one hour back one hour forward thinking of connecting flights and such like that you know because sometimes you have to fly to insane places it's it's scary man i mean i i actually stopped traveling this year i haven't been to one event this year because i did a a mad run last year where i i think i went to like 12 events within like eight months which oh no sorry within like five months sorry which isn't a lot for a lot of people but for me who had not not really gone to many like i did i went to new york and then the morning after at like 4 a.m i was flying to poland and then the day after that at like 11 p.m i was all like yeah i was i was in the airport ready to sorry i was in the train station ready to go to manchester like and it was just like oh within the space of like three days i'd been to like three locations for three events and i mean for me i was just knackered and it it, it's done me into the point where i'm just not traveling this year because i just need to have a bit of stability yeah, so I can't definitely. imagine what it's I can't imagine what it's like when it's mandated. Like it's yeah, it's it's not to be underestimated, but I think it's easy to kind of skip over things in your head and and uh, look at things lightly. I'm not even consider them at all. Like the the travel they're having to go through, and the same with like events stuff. For example, like if you work at ESL and your event stuff, that that would be insane. Like if you were covering all of the events going on in in the busier periods. Yeah, definitely. But like yeah, definitely. for players it's it's insane, and and you can you can see why Astralis will occasionally lose a series or an event, and or like do absolutely awful because it's just it's and they're, they're the ones who are taking performance and and health the most serious at the moment, uh, from what we can tell, um, from a forward a forward facing kind of front. But it's it's insane, man. So if if I've if I've had to stop and I just write. And the expectations on players are incredibly high. You know, you have a community expectation. You know, I know that the expectations on players to perform is, is insanely high. You know, we touched on it just before that Astralis may or may not be picking up a sixth player to, to cycle and allow for player breaks. But if you're having a down day, that's going to show because there's no one there to, you know, stand in for you. Obviously, other players can play well and hopefully is carry the team essentially. But there's really, you imagine the pressure of a player who's under contract and, you know, some of these teams that run professional businesses, which is what they are, if they have one or two, three bad events, then you can more or less consider yourself benched until that contract runs out and a replacement player will come in and then. You know, we've seen players in the past who have been benched and we don't hear from them much again. Oh, oh without a doubt. And, and also, you got to consider, like, imagine being around the same, like, I'll say five people because of coaches as well. But imagine traveling with the same people all the time and never really getting a break from them. Where, like, you didn't pick them as friends. You were brought in, brought in as teammates. Like, it's, as you say, it's business, right? So you got to consider they're, like, colleagues as opposed to friends. You're lucky. If like you get on perfectly and, and you see the game the exact same way and such, but imagine traveling like that can't that can't be good for you mentally. If if you're on a team with someone who you just don't get on with, like that yeah. would be absolutely insane. That would take a toll. I'm not gonna want to travel for that. Yeah, I've had discussions with Anders in the past. You know, since he's had a, he's got a a lovely young family now, and he will never be irrelevant. But it's you know trying to maintain and and, and stay relevant as a an esports caster and you know all the events that he would have to go to and he's spending all of this time away from the people who, you know whom he holds most dear his family is you know that's going to play a, a large part on the decline of your mental health over time oh, oh without without a doubt yeah i mean i can't i can't really add too much more to that but i mean i fully understand when people decide to sit back uh, and and like mental health is now coming to the forefront of people's concerns but for the longest time it wasn't so imagine like 10 years ago 
going through all of that and then saying to someone, oh, I don't feel good mentally, they're just like, oh, crack on, you'll be fine. They'll say man up, in fact, which is the most reductive thing ever and, and kind of nonsense. But they'll say man up and then you just carry on. So now we're lucky where people are getting to the point where they where they consider it, you know. I'm, we're lucky we're getting to that point at least. But this idea of mental health has only really recently even come into the mainstream media, hasn't it? Getting the discussion started on mental health, uh, they don't know how to articulate how you know how they feel, and sometimes they don't feel like they can discuss that even with some of their closest friends and families. And thankfully now that discussion is starting to make its way through to to everyday life, and people are picking up on it. Because, you know, anxiety, I think, affects us all. Everyone gets nervous before exams. You know, we've all got nervous before we've played those ESEA games or ESL games or way back in the day, the enemy down games. The adrenaline starts to run and, you know, and you also have that little slight measure of anxiety. So with people's livelihoods, depending on how well they perform at one of the larger events, be it a major or a championship. The expectations are high for the player, their, their, their anxiety, their stress levels are probably, you know, going through the roof. Oh, oh without a doubt, yeah. And I mean, I, I actually own up to something like, so you, you say everyone feels anxiety and nerves and stuff. I, I've, I don't know why, but just growing up, I've never been that guy. Like, I can't remember the last time I felt nervous, but on, on the flip side, I can't remember the last time I was, like, actually, like, buzzing for something, like, super excited. Like, I'm, I'm a real neutral guy, so for the longest time, I, I naively, I guess, like, uh, throughout my childhood and, and like, early adulthood, uh, I guess, um, thought everyone kind of was the same as me, uh, and everyone had, like, like, some people have heightened emotions i have the opposite right i thought everyone had the same as me and people were being dramatic but like no no I, you, you realize that uh, people get affected by things differently and it's, it's you can't band everyone together on, on one thing so it's like a it's not a one-size-fits-all when it comes to how to how to treat uh, whether it's depression or anxiety or whatever it may be but yeah i admittedly was one of the the, the people who didn't really take it seriously for, for a long time and then he took the conversation like getting started for me to really understand what the hell's going on with people. And even now I'm, I don't really deal with, with any mental health issues. Thank God. But, um, I, I do my best to empathize and, and give people more time than I, I used to do or, or like give, cut them some slack in, in certain areas, you know? So yeah, yeah I, I admittedly was one of the people who nah, didn't take it seriously because I just didn't realize the severity of it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always something happening in, in, in someone's someone's life that you don't always know about as well. 100%. Yeah. Flusher, you know, had a, a hard time at one point in his career where, you know, he he's just shows the, the level of professionalism that he has, you know, is so high to be able to compete at the highest level and focus on the task at hand whilst holding so much emotional stress and emotion in general uh, whilst he's playing uh, and be able to suppress that and get on with the task at hand, win rounds in CS, win matches. And I think that uh, potentially the, the time that they've spent working on their approach to gaming and their approach to their health has probably you know he's probably reaping the benefits from from those experience now yeah that's 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 fair enough i mean i've not actually heard of that i didn't actually know he's going through that and and what one thing i've just been thinking about is i haven't really heard of many like mental health organizations or groups or charities getting into esports we're seeing more on the on like the physical health side but i, I don't know what the support system's like for these players when it, when it comes to mental health because like you need like 
like people who know what they're on about are uh, educated in it, you know, and experienced in, in, in treating people with such issues. Um, and I, I wonder what the support system's like there. I think there's a gap there for sure. I've recently learned that Red Bull have a huge player performance, player wellness, player well-being, or ath- sorry, I would rather say athlete well-being uh, that they deploy across all of their formats of sport, be it esports or board sports, water sports, whatever it is. And it's good to see companies like that investing in player well-being. Have you seen uh, an increase? of investment in player well-being from people who support the teams the companies that are essentially providing the capital yeah i'd I'd say first off i don't think everyone like puts stuff publicly out about it so i don't know exactly that's that's the problem i only see the ones that are shouting about from the rooftops because they're proud of it which is good but I, i mean I'd say what I've seen more is people working with outside groups and companies to, to focus on the performance side, no matter what it, what it may be, rather than bringing people in. I know like Excel, for example, brought in uh, Fabian, who was at uh, Schalke and he was at Origin and he's a head of performance and um, he's been with the guys during quarantine, for example. So he's a good investment. Like He's dedicated to, to the bone. But um, I, like Vitality hired three people from traditional sports. I think one was like a professional tennis player at one point and stuff, you know. People who have a, bra- a background in uh, traditional sports who will have been in an environment with player well-being or athlete well-being who can then translate that over to the people they're working with in esports. Exactly. I, I actually think that they appointed um, three people for its own performance department. So it wasn't like, oh, we've just got one guy. It's like, okay, we're going to bring in these people, going to work together to come up with programs and, and find out exactly what the players need and understand the stresses that are put on people through esports and gaming uh, because it can't be treated the same as other sports, you know. Like, it's it's, it's a lot of cognitive load that you get from from gaming and, and it's all in, in the minutia is where the, the differences come from uh, when it comes to aiming and, and uh, reaction time and reflexes and stuff in, in a lot of games. So, yeah, like, bringing in people... Like, Taylor Johnson is a, is a guy I, I've spoke to a lot and, and respect a lot. So he led up the IPI, which was the Innovative Insta- uh, Performance Institute, uh, uh, Infinite Esports, which was the former owner of Optic Gaming and Houston Outlaws and Optic LCS and such. And, like, him and, and Trevor... Is it Trevor Love? I think his name is. They they created this whole like company to serve all of Optics players and really understand what the hell is going on. And unfortunately, it was closed too soon because of the sale and such. And I think it was ahead of its time. But I I think that could have done really well. And he's now working at State Space um, on products called Clutch and Aim Lab, which are like built specifically to improve performance, but on like the actual gaming side, which is really interesting. It's worth a look at if, if even for for amateur players or aspiring pros or something like like Aim Lab or Clutch.gg, Clutch with a K, are really worth looking at in my opinion because this guy really cares. And and what he's done is he kind of reverse engineered everything. So he looked at uh, the core components of esports and then uh, and um, developed practices and and such around those uh, programs around around those things as opposed to just implementing what they think what he thinks might be right but isn't sure. And he comes from like the NFL, so he was one of the first real big grabs for esports, I'd say. And yeah, um, some, yeah, someone that you would at least hope knows what they're talking about. Oh, he hundred percent does. The, the resume to back it up. Yes, I mean I edited one of his. Um, pieces that he was writing i think personally and i didn't have a clue what any of it meant so that's how i know he's at least smart i know how to make himself look smart um, but no, you know, <laughs> he definitely knows what he's on about big shout out to, to him um without a doubt and, and yeah as i say like if they're not screaming about it then we don't see it 
But I think you could say any of the organizations that you consider major, as well as some of the kind of tier two organizations all seem to be investing in, in one way or another, but it seems to be more outsourcing than anything else in from, from what I can see. Esports is is somewhat, you know, I mean, it's still in its infancy, isn't it? If we, you know, bring in, you know, the lifespan of something like professional football or the Premier League and the length that that's been around, and we've really only sort of broken into it in the you know, the second part of the last decade on a huge scale. I guess when you run a team or an organization, the allocation of funds into player well-being, unfortunately, might have to just be put to the size. You know, when you've got logistics costs to cover, salaries to cover, that's all going to add up really, really quickly. Transporting players to and from events across countries or sometimes continents, uh, and like I say, paying you know wages and just general running costs. I guess they're going to need a lot of capital to be able to to make the investments in player well-being. Of course, and I mean, I mean, most organizations, well, all like organizations, as far as I'm aware, are not profitable anyway. And a lot of that, a lot of the time, that's without having these professionals in as well, which demand a high salary. So yeah, it's 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 not easy, and and I call it an investment for a reason. And I, I do think it's more important than a lot of other investments that, that get made. Do you think there'll be a correlation with how much investment is made into player well-being over the next sort of five to 10 years with hopefully a positive correlation with the amount of investment going into esports and into esports? I would hope so. <laughs> I mean, everything points towards it. <laughs> everything points towards yeah. it. And I think more people are waking up now. That's that's the thing. And I think that'll be the catalyst between, between it all. And yeah, I, I think if, if you are, say you're raising, I don't know, say you raise 40 mil and none of that goes towards ensuring your players are tipped up and performing optimally for the longest time, then you're doing it wrong. In my opinion, depending on your objectives, I guess, if you're the phase, you'll probably go on the investment side. I mean, on the entertainment side, when when it comes to the investment, right? But if you're, I don't know, liquid or something, like... They just secured investment earlier this week, didn't they? Or they publicized Yeah, 40 million. Yeah, they actually rounded up in January, I think, but only just announced it now. And yeah, just loads of celebrities. And it kind of seems to me as if they'll go on the entertainment side of things. So I can't imagine Cold Zero be getting any more ripped because of FaZe anytime soon, you know? (laughs) Well, he's in good shape anyway as it is. But nonetheless, you know, you know, uh, I I, I hope so. I, I think, I think, we'll see a lot more of it 100% uh, I don't I don't think Astralis was the best team because of the, the the performance model but I think it certainly helped I don't think any team that develops a performance model will suddenly become the best in the world I think talent rules all but it's, it's like a really good supplementary activity to be doing like really investing into that side of things uh, exactly that yeah it's making the most of that talent though isn't it and making sure it plays you know maximizing the performance for as, as long as possible in a sustainable way I think is is where that wellness player wellness and player well-being comes into play and perhaps that's what gave them the edge you know whilst they were so dominant for so while yeah you you never know and I'd actually be interested to hear more about Flytro and and, and what what you're planning to do with that way you see it fitting into the industry and and who would be adopting it and such if if you in, go into interested in going into that yeah so the app is a consumer level app so it's for competitive and casual gamers who just want to become more consistent and just improve and what we've done to date and what we'll continue to do is stay away from the term fitness we believe that you can essentially maximize or 
begin to maximize your performance and improve that consistency by making subtle changes to your lifestyle, such as improving your sleep, uh, improving the environment you are in before you go to bed, giving yourself 30 to 40 minutes rest from having to calculate who's going to peek you from what angle and which pixel do I need to aim this smoke grenade at. There's then all the uh, all the gunfire and all the noise that we're taking in through our headsets. So just allowing your your mind to kind of clear a little bit before before you go to sleep is uh, is one way that I think you can start to see subtle changes in in the performance, and that's what we're trying to achieve with Flytro is showing you performance over time by taking out your performance statistics in game from face it and then we're overlaying that over time with a graph of your sleep you know over a weekly period or monthly period so that you can start to see dips in performance are now correlating to the fact that you're staying up too late and playing that one more game you know we've got to we've got to end on a win we can't end on a loss but you know that pursuit in trying to end on a win ends up on a lost streak which has happened to all of us at some point and we're trying to you know show that correlation between the two but also we'll be building in other metrics uh, and variables in there such as underlying health issues that may come into play okay and and i'd actually be curious like why why have you decided to go this route yourself like because obviously I, I don't think your background was specifically in like esports performance and stuff right so how the hell do you decide like okay let's get into this yeah, my background was in design and then into web development. And that's basically been where I've forged a career over the last sort of decade and obviously involved somewhat in esports over all that time. But I struggled as a kid with anxiety and depression through bullying. And, and, I, and also, I've also always struggled with sleep and regulating my sleep. I'm one of the worst offenders. One day I'm going to bed, you know, or three days in a row I'll go to bed at the same time. And then the next day, be it a Friday or a Saturday or something, I'll go to bed four hours later, you know? So it's exactly like traveling across four time zones. And we don't kind of address this as jet lag, but it has the same kind of effect. But I got into this because, you know, I, I was wanting to make my time more productive and I was wanting to manage my time more productively and I was wanting to perform at a higher level and but I was finding that I was tired a lot of the time so one of the ways that I started to look into this is actually looking at my sleep looking at my activity and actually an hour spent walking in the park is gonna save me more time later on instead of spending two and a half hours trying to fix a bug in code you know I'll be able to fix that in 20 minutes because my mind will be fresh yeah yeah so my passion for esports was then, uh, you know, I made the connection between how can I maximize my performance and avoid going on these lost streaks and avoid holding my team back and not be the one that's being pulled up from uh, from below the surface. So it was it was really starting to look into well, is is my sleep affecting how I'm playing? And I think we can all agree that we all play badly when we're tired, but. You know, if you play badly when you're tired, but then you go to bed and you have a, you know, a poor night's sleep or you have irregular sleep patterns, then you're going to be tired when you wake up or your brain's not going to be switched on and making those decisions quickly or your reflexes aren't going to be as sharp. So, mm -hmm. you know, and typically we, we drink things like coffee to, to heighten those senses. So developing the app was what started out as a I wonder if this will work and can we do it really became a passion when yes you know we want to show gamers that they can 
make significant changes to their performance in a positive way by making really, really subtle changes to the way that they think about gaming and the way they think about their approach to gaming by thinking about their wellness. Okay, no, no, that's great. And I mean, I've actually been doing it myself, so I'm really interested in this at the moment. Like I, I put out today on Twitter that I've lost over 15 kg in less than three months. That's amazing. Congratulations. And, and uh, I, I don't... I don't Thank you, man. And I do think that there's a correlation between that and the uptake that Esports Insiders had. Like my work and, and the ideas that I've had and, and the ability for me to get everything done to the best of my ability has increased like tenfold. And I think part of that's a mindset change, which encompassed the, the lifestyle change. But like, yeah, it's just, I, I can't under, I can't like how important it is no matter what you're doing um to 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 be yeah. active at least active enough to where you're not sat at the desk all day and drinking plenty of water and I, I i haven't missed a night night sleep where i've gotten seven hours since i've decided to do all of this where i used to sleep three or four hours or something you know like yeah i haven't missed one night sleep that was good and it's made a whole world of difference and that's why i'm really interested i'm, I'm kind of from afar i'm not really too vocal about performance and health on, on twitter but I'm, I'm really keeping an eye on it because I understand it's one of the most untapped areas in esports at the moment. That's why I think Flydro has the potential to do really well. And I think uh, the organizations that are investing in it now will reap the, the benefits and the rewards before other people do. Yeah, I think we've seen glimpses of, of that already. And hopefully it's a, it's a trend that, that doesn't die out and it actually becomes, you know, part of the forefront of the approach that these teams start to take and hopefully that has trickle effects down to 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 the players who are you know in the rising stars of esports that start to look after themselves you know what we don't want to see is rising talent in their mid to late teens then peak and and then just burn out and i couldn't name anyone Mm -hmm. specifically and and attribute this uh, directly to their underwhelming performance after showing such potential there must be players out there who've shown a lot of promise have played up to a really high level and then just sort of dissipated into not the top level of the top tier but you know somewhere in the middle or the bottom um And that, you know, I think burnout and the expectation of them and that dream for them to, to, you know, to go and lift the major trophies really must play a big part on their psyche to just overtrain and overplay and play too long. And then, you know, couple that with the traveling and all the expectations of their day-to-day life as a professional gamer, the burnout is going to be huge. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a really good point, man. I haven't got anything to add, you're the expert here. But uh, no, 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 it's, it's a really <laughs> Far good from point. An expert. No, but you, you know more than me, mate. I'm just not eating as many calories as I once did. I know you're getting out um, and sleeping for for an hour or so each day and 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 doing some walking. We'll say an hour because the government's mandating an hour at the moment. We'll say it's an hour <laughs> and and getting that hour's worth of exercise and fresh air and time away from the screen and oh, I can't stress that I haven't had one headache and I used to have headaches all the time. What sort of benefits have you found just just in your day to day work? And I'm more confident. 100% more confident. It's like when I shaved my head because my hairline was going, but I just felt liberated <laughs> straight away. It's, it's literally that, right? When I did that, I was like, oh, fuck. No, yeah, you're kind of walking around like, no one can touch me now. Like, I'm I'm in my final form. Yeah, I feel I feel, I feel a lot more confident in, in not only myself, but in what I'm doing, um, in, in everything. And um, 
I, I just I feel compelled to go out and do stuff now as opposed to it being a chore. It's now I've trained my mind over time to want to do those things. You know, I, I understand the benefits for me. And um, it actually, I haven't missed a day of walking since I started in like January. But like, if I did, I'd probably feel awful for it. And then that's why I haven't missed a day, you know? It's, yeah. Yeah, I, I, just, I just feel great. And, I, and you look back and go, why? why? Well, because like when I was in school, all the way up to like 17, I, I was super fit and healthy. I was playing fo- football three times a week. I was running for my county. I was table tennis, tennis, I was doing all of it. And then, I, and then Xbox after school took over massively. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, I could have played games and looked after myself. Yeah. Yeah. And you would have enjoyed both in the process as well. Yes. Instead of losing the love for one in in in, in place of Twixes and COD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's how it went. <laughs> you know, I, I think we can all relate to that uh, on some level. There's a lot of us who've, you know, been active earlier on and, and gaming, you know, the passion for gaming and the enjoyment we get from gaming just supersedes. It, we end up thinking it's more important uh, than everything else uh, at some point regarding our hobbies yeah it's it's, it's skewed it's skewed as hell so yeah i i i don't know i, I yeah I, I just feel better in every way and like that sounds like an exaggeration but it's really not i i just feel great overall and and part of it is a mindset change small switched on and yeah yes yes exactly and and i i, I would hate myself now if i let it slip for whatever reason uh, well i so don't i hope you keep it up and then once we really got myself to blame you know <laughs> yeah well hopefully then uh we'll, we'll keep in touch and we'll keep the track on progress going so we can keep the motivation there well, yeah man look up your fiance mate when I, when quarantine's over yeah yeah because I'm, I'm gonna be about out and about you never know where <laughs> when i told my mom i was doing a podcast she said well you always had the perfect face yeah for i mean that, that's like the most mum thing ever as well isn't it like <laughs> i think my mum probably said the same thing all she said no one wants to listen to you drone on she either said one or the other um and i think both are true in in, refer- in reference to me, at least. Yeah, you can either look like David Beckham or you can sound like him, but you can't have both. Uh, which would you take? <laughs> God. I think it's. I, I think. Look. I think. Look, I think anyone who wants to sound. You reap the benefits a lot, don't you? Yeah, we've all even. What? We've all seen King Arthur and his one-liner, and then he just got. You know, well, you I can make him look ugly. Memory, but. But we know it's David Beckham. He didn't even look bad still. That's the annoying part. I know. Part. No. It's like they uglied him up and I'd, I'd still like kill my cousins for to look like put a, put a bent nose on him and he still looks great. <laughs> it's unfair, mate. It's like I'm putting all this work in. I don't sound good all look. Yeah, it's all, it's all the wellness and uh, the working out and looking after his health that's probably got part to play in that. Oh shit, I'm the next Beckham. Thank you for making me realise that. <laughs> We're all the next I'd Beckham. I'd not make that leap. I'd not make that link before that, but no. Oh. Now now I'm gonna be walking around with pure swagger. I never say that word, but we all should, mate. We all should. So yeah, yeah. So it's massively derailed. It's okay. We did derail that a little bit, but no, it's good, and it's it's nice to know that there are teams focusing on investment in in health. Uh, They are, yes. So um, yeah, hopefully that's the trend that we'll start to see. And uh, yeah, to keep up on the news, you know, I'll be reading Esports Insider more than usual. I think now. And I think, I think, you know, if anyone who's interested in esports, whether it's, uh, you know, participating in playing online scrims, online games, or whether they're competing or, you know, running teams and businesses involved in esports should really keep an eye on the business side of the mm-hmm. industry. It I agree. provides so much context into the pros of what uh, what so many people are trying to do in esports. So many good things that are happening right now. 
I, I, I agree. I, and I, I find it really hard to find good business writers. And that's because people don't find it interesting. But I'm hoping over time, as esports inside it grows and as I grow, I guess, because I've built my kind of personal brand around the business side of esports as well. I'm hoping we can kind of convert people, make people realize the importance of it. Because none of the flashy, sexy stuff in esports would exist without the business side. Yeah. And hopefully, like you say, as, as the scene matures, we'll start to see more of it, hopefully, and a, and a wider interest. Oh, I, I'm sure we will. Uh, yeah. And um, it's just good to see things are growing at the moment. Like right now, things are growing. So it, it all looks really positive, both on the performance side and the business side, just like overall for esports, um, besides profitability. Well, but that's a different topic for another day, that one. Esports <laughs> is looking decent, you know, but uh, if you ignore COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think COVID's, you know, it's affecting everyone and, and we are no exception to that on the esports um, side of no things. No matter how so. much people demand otherwise on LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, you see the, you see the general public tweeting and posting and there's a lot of contrasting opinions and information out there so that's another so reason well. to read there's, there's a lot of bullshit. esports insider yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's another reason to keep in the know by reading esports insider because you've got article writers and sources who are best informed to give you that information exactly that hashtag ad i'll pay you after this for that plug mate thank you <laughs> yeah i'll, uh, I'll just voice. say now i'm i'm uh, not being paid by esports <laughs> to, to blow the trumpet and i'm but, not being uh, paid by flytro to to bring it up halfway through the podcast like i'm <laughs> like the best guest of all time like the amount of podcasts you're doing recently i'm surprised you haven't started charging but I, i'm i'm sick uh, of my own voice sometime soon. i'm it might yeah uh, to be fair uh, i probably should but no one's gonna pay because it's not worth it so you've got a way up, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think we can all have a, a slightly different opinion on that. I, I'm oh, pretty wait. sure you're worth your time. So, uh, but thank you for joining us on the Flydro podcast. And, you know, hopefully we'll have uh, a catch up, whether we do a, a, a series or season of podcasts, we're not sure. But hopefully sometime in the future, we'll, we'll catch up and retouch when COVID's all been and gone and we can see how the industry is uh, adapted and changed. Yeah, man, I really appreciate the invite. Thank you for thinking of me. Nearly said that the wrong way around, but I didn't. Um, I, I really do appreciate it. I, I don't think I'm the first pick when it comes to this topic, but um, I, I understand why you would look at it from this angle. So that that was smart of you. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do personally and Flytro, how that develops over time. And, and yeah, just good luck with everything, man. Um, Lovely. Thank you very much. You're doing. Yeah, it's much appreciated. And your Twitter handle is what, Adam Fitch? At by Adam Fitch. It's At by Adam Fitch by everywhere Adam Fitch. because someone took Adam Fitch. Don't know why. Maybe there's a more famous Adam Fitch somewhere. Mm, so it's by exist. Adam Fitch. So if At you're by in Adam Fitch, yes. Yeah. And if you're interested in the business side of esports, which you should be if you're playing or competing on some level in esports, then yeah, you should follow both.